Hello and welcome back to the show. This is David Scales. Today I'm bringing you an episode of Creators and Innovators presented by Visla. This episode is dedicated to the innovation of wave pools. I traveled to all three of the new wave pools in the United States within one week and chatted with the engineers, pro surfers, and the local community about how these wave pools are affecting local economy and also how they will end up affecting kind of ocean-bred surf culture. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I had a great time producing it. As I mentioned last month, this Creators and Innovators podcast is now only available on that designated feed. So pull up your app, search Creators and Innovators, and listen to this episode there. I'm going to give you a teaser of it here, but midway through, it's going to cut off and you're going to wish that you had just gone over and downloaded it from the beginning. So do that now. Creators and Innovators presented by Visla. All right, enjoy this teaser of today's show. Well, in this area, this is by far the biggest event out here in, I would say, Kings County. But there's events all over you can work. You know, I do I do a lot of different things. I've worked with some uh, dance competitions in Fresno. Uh, you know, other events. I worked at Google Convention in San Francisco. Gotcha. You know, just to pick up stuff to do. <laughs> well, I'm five, I live five miles from here. I'm a retired for KNX Sports in Los Angeles, and I was a teacher before that. So I retired about a year and a half ago. And I just do these kind of things to pick up some extra money on the weekends. You know, the week I, I don't have a whole lot going. I actually work more now than when I was when I before I retired. I think this is Gary Williams, a Hanford, California resident. Last weekend, he was helping facilitate parking at the KS Wave Company's Surf Ranch in Lemoore, California. The facility is 108 miles from the ocean. The 20-acre property was purchased in 2014 by the KS Wave Co., mainly because it included a 15-million-gallon, 700-yard-long water ski lake. This property was here before. This was a golf course at one time. And I, I, it's, my understanding is he bought this all out because he owns this all the way down. I mean, everything now. I didn't know that. And this was a lake. It was a private lake where they used to do jet skiing and skiing on the other side, and then he added all this. Got it. Um, how has it altered the local community? Um, not only this facility itself, but now that they're actually tourists are coming for things like this, what's changed about the local community? Well, I think it's bringing money. It's bringing, you know, um, some uh, badly needed resources into Kings County. You know, so uh, I think it comes down to what you think is important you know i think kings county is not a rich county it's a farmer this is basically a huge farming community one of the biggest farming places in the country and you know it's it's basically not a lot of entertainment stuff and and i think this is uh this is a heck of a facility and he's catching the flack i understand is he's catching it from the 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 old school surfers those are the ones who are very unhappy if you see it online and i read up on some of this stuff last night is that they just feel like this isn't a natural thing. And to me, I think you have something you can control it no matter what. Not being a surfer, but, you know, at least you have an environment you have control of. Yeah. Where you're not, you have an event where the weather gets so bad you can't do anything. You don't have that out here. We we get maybe a week or two of rain all year long with bad weather. Yeah. So this is a facility they can use 11 months of the year. I don't know. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this it hasn't been here this long it's been here less than a year so you know i'll tell you what when people come out here and see this place they're going to be blown away because you would never guess this this track is gigantic what is it the length of three drag strips is what somebody was telling me yesterday you know so uh living here 
I would not be adverse to having anything going on here. Cool. I, I think that, you know, if you've got somebody, and I think Kelly's really innovative in what he's done, and he's very protective of this place. Try to get into this place oh, sometime. Yeah. Uh, how could you? How could you want to stop somebody like that? You know, I, I would think that Kings County and I would think other counties would want to look into having things like this. I mean, it actually, anything that brings money into the community has got to help the local businesses. Because that's one of the things that's struggling here. All the local businesses are being put out of business by all these corporate businesses. And, you know, hey, this can add surf shops out here. If you got guys that are going to do this all year long, um, you know, we, it's not like we have a beach right here. Yeah. You know, I mean, the closest beach to here is probably Pismo, and that's, what, an hour and a half, two hours from here. Yeah. So, you know, so I, as far as me, like I said, I grew up in L.A., so I went to UCLA. I was five minutes from the beach down in Westwood. I think this is a cool setup out here. Gary was working what was the World Surf League's first championship tour not held in the ocean. A monumental step forward for wave pools, it's also a major leap for surfing at large. Whether it's a step forward, backwards, sideways, or into a different dimension entirely, really just depends on who you ask. And so, we asked. That is the focus of today's episode. Welcome back to Creators and Innovators presented by Visla. Each month, we seek to distill the character traits, motivations, and the daily rituals of creatives in hopes of developing a blueprint for how to disrupt norms, innovate, and create in one's own space. I'm David Scales. In previous episodes, we've focused on individuals who are innovating in their space. Today, we're going to focus our attention on a specific trend that is disrupting surfing on a scale that is unprecedented. In the last year alone, the longest tube rides and the most innovative airs have all been done in wave pools. Wave pools are now being used as testing facilities for board design. Professional surfers and hobbyists are traveling from around the globe to new surf destinations like Lemoore, California and Waco, Texas. The tourism has created an economic boom for these small towns. Business owners, city administrators, and local communities are scrambling to accommodate new needs and capitalize on new opportunities. For today's episode, I traveled inland to America's three newest surf spots to learn how the innovation of wave pools are affecting the local community and how they might influence ocean-bred surf culture. I started my trip at the first of these pools to be built, the Enland Surf Park in Austin, Texas. A mere two and a half hour flight from my home in Southern California, an easy flight as far as surf trips go. And when I say that Enland is the first of these pools, what I really mean is that it was the first in this era of wave pools that are actually designed for performance surfing. Wave pools have been built for general tourism since the 1920s. The best known early pool was the Empire Pool in Wembley, London, opened in 1934. In 1966, the Summerlin Pool was built in Tokyo and was the first to be used by surfers. 
1985, Tom Carroll won the first wave pool surf contest at Dorney Park Wildwater Kingdom in Allentown, Pennsylvania. But even that wave couldn't accommodate performance surfing. Wave heights were less than two feet, and the waves were gutless. Surfers grinded their fins down to nubs as they scraped the bottom of the pool. The technology to build ocean-quality surf existed, but surfing remained such a small and niche sport that engineers focused their designs on playful waves that would be more friendly for the general tourist. Then, in the mid to late aughties, three companies simultaneously began intense investment, research, development, and building functional scale models, each with their own technology designed for performance surfing. Within a decade, each of these companies would either build a full-scale model of their designs or license their technology out to do so. The first success was in 2011 when a Spanish company called WaveGarden built a 20-second hollow, flawless wave in a secluded Basque country location. That facility remains closed to the public, but it still serves as WaveGarden's test facility. Since then, they've opened two successful public pools, and they also have 20 in various stages of development over five continents. Their technology features a long, narrow pool with a track that runs down the center at the bottom of the pool. Attached to the track is a plow. As the plow is dragged underwater, it creates a wave on the water's surface. In 2015, Surf Snowdonia in Northern Wales spent $12 million to build a 1,000 foot long by 360 foot wide pool with the Wave Gardens technology. Within the first year, tourism doubled their projections. 150,000 people visited, including a lot of the world's best surfers. The second Wave Garden project was made a reality by American beer magnate, Doug Coors. His chosen location? Austin, Texas. I can say that the early adopters were definitely lifelong surfers, people either from the Texas coast or from other parts of the world who really wanted to try this brand new thing. And we were one of the first to market and the first to market in North America back in October 2016. This is Megan. She runs marketing um, at Enlin Wave Park. Early adopter, the, the local surfers definitely kept coming and were loyal. They became members through our membership program of Inland. Um, and then we found that we really needed to offer introductory surf products with familiar points of entry to kind of convert the young, athletic, surf-curious population here in Austin to surfers. And we had an intimidation barrier to overcome. Um, so we use a variety of ways to introduce the sport. Um, we offer surfing here, but we also offer tubing. We offer a free yoga class every Saturday. We do live music up at our bar. Um, we have a variety of sort of more familiar event formats that we bundle with surfing. And then we offer free dry land lessons to people who have never surfed before so that they can get comfortable with the basics of popping up and how to position your body on the board. We also have a really youthful athletic um, group of people here in Austin. So for those reasons, it was the ideal location to pilot a project like this. It's also centrally located. So we've built a surf culture here locally, but we also see a lot of people from California, New York, Florida, Colorado. Um, and it's been a great place to try out this concept, which is the first of its kind. For me, it's about providing an opportunity for aspirational surfers to try it um, without the intimidation factor that you might find at a popular 
ocean spot. And one of our goals is to be a great complement to the ocean. So you can come here, maybe surf for the first time here because it's a little bit more of a controlled environment. And then once you feel confident with that, you can take an ocean vacation and take a lesson in the ocean and go back and forth between the two environments. And I think they really complement each other that way. It turns out that Austin is an ideal launch site for Enland and for WaveGarden technology. The wave is beginner friendly, and it has what they call a reef section, which is just the open face that breaks closest to the track and plow, but even that section isn't what the ocean surfer would call powerful. It's best surfed on a mid-length board, a longboard would do well, even a fish with thicker glassing that kind of just glided along the surface of the water. Austin is home to a bustling population of young, active, outdoorsy types whom, even if they haven't already tried surfing in the ocean, Enlin provides a great point of entry for the sport. Austin is also the number one destination for bachelor parties in the USA, so Enlin has designed group rates and a team building program for businesses who want to spend a day out of the office. What Austin doesn't have is professional surfers, and Enlin needed a resident pro to work with engineers and to coach guests. So innovation is great for creating these fish out of water scenarios. So thankfully, Wave Garden had an ambitious and adventurous in-house expert who is willing to relocate and take some time away from the ocean. This is Basque pro surfer, Ian Isagari. Yes, so my name is John Isagari. I'm from the Basque country in Spain. Well, I, vi I was, uh, when I was younger, I was uh, kind of uh, a little bit advanced surfer where I used to compete in European level. Uh, okay. It was the European tour for, I guess, from I was 15 to 22, um, traveling from different uh, spots and then kind of focusing on high performance surfing. Then uh, when I got a little bit older, uh, well, I decided to start my engineering studies when I was around 19, uh, industrial engineering. But then um, kind of I switched my surfing career to more uh, traveling and photo shooting and making videos. So um, I was uh, supported by um, O'Neill as a brand and they were promoting, uh, visiting different kind of exotic destinations to do photos and write articles. So uh, at, at the time I was jumping in at the university, it was a really good time also to do this type of, you know, more um, surf trip oriented yeah. projects. Uh, so I switched, I stopped competing and then I focused uh, later on on that. And then I was able also to finish my studies how at did the you same time. How did you find yourself in Texas? So, well, I actually I have to say I'm pretty lucky that I had this opportunity. I started working with Wave Garden, uh, the um, te technology provider for this park, uh, I would say six, six years ago, uh, six, seven years ago. Uh, combining my surfing profile with engineering profile it was very helpful because kind of uh, both skill sets are important to understand uh, the machine, the type of ways we create, but also, um, you know, the surfing part, which is uh, uh, critical to create really good experiences and I had that opportunity they found my profile interesting and then I, I jumped into the business development department um, I was working with them we met um, the course and the inland team back in Spain and then when once we launched they launched the project they needed um, someone to handle the operations the lagoon operations so 
they proposed me to come and wave garden and Atlanta agree and yeah, I was really happy to have the opportunity and I think bringing the opportunity to people that didn't serve before and they are living away uh, from the ocean is, I think it's amazing. Uh, but I think also that there is a pretty important part that we always try to um, take into account in Ireland is uh, we need to create uh, responsible surfers. Uh, we need to create, uh, we are going to create a lot of new surfers and I think it's very, very important that we educate all these new surfers. So I think uh, for the future it would be very important that each surf park uh, takes their responsibility to educate those new surfers, explain them, you know, that uh, what's a surf park, what's the, um, what's the ocean, uh, try to also introduce them skills that maybe you don't really need them at the park, but then would be helpful for them in the ocean. So uh, we try through our school and our surf guides always to educate everybody around surfing in general. So uh, one, if they one day they go to the ocean, uh, we want everybody to be responsible, understanding rules, understanding how they can catch away by themselves, you know, not just pushing and uh, all these small details that are, you know, very important, even, you know, how to grab a board, not to uh, harm yourself. So uh, I think it's all a matter of taking responsibility, each surf park taking responsibility of creating uh, new surfers yeah. and making sure that uh, we do it very well and, you know, that we create at the end of the day, good surface, safe, safe surfers. So, uh, th this is a, I think this is a daily and weekly uh, task that everybody uh, should take, and we are trying our best to educate everybody as well as possible. Enlin has been open for three years, and I had friends who had been, but I still wasn't inclined to book a trip until a second facility opened nearby. I mentioned that to the Enlin crew and they confirmed that the new wave pool in Waco, Texas, an hour and a half drive north, has actually been good for business. While in theory they are competition, at this early stage of innovation, a rising tide raises all ships. For the same reason that you would see competing car dealerships lining a street or multiple furniture stores in the same shopping center, one wave pool might just be a novelty but multiple wave pools becomes a destination. We had lunch at Enlin and then headed north to Waco for our scheduled pool time at BSR Cable Park. BSR stands for the Barefoot Ski Ranch and it's a sprawling property in the rural outskirts of Waco. Upon arrival, expecting to see locals, I was surprised to see a familiar face. Uh, right now, what is it, August, late August, um, at home, usually it's like flat as a lake on the North Shore, which it is right now. And so I was just excited to go surfing. And I've been here before, and it was like just a perfect little ramp. And yeah, if you, if you just love surfing, you can't resist the, to know there's a perfect little ramp out there and you're not on it. That's professional surfer Mason Ho of the Ho Dynasty from the North Shore of Oahu. For me, or my dad's always taught me just like surf, like the the best thing for your surfing would be to surf like 24 hours or surf like 12 hours in a day you know like totally. that's my dad's theory is nothing else will make your surfing better than surfing so if you have a chance to come hit the same section 10 times you, you if you could just get a little bit more comfortable hitting a section you could take it back to your beach and you're going to be more confident and that'll help and that's basically what mason was doing 
He was in Waco along with fellow lost surfboard team riders Yago Dora and Michael Rodriguez, along with surfboard shaper Matt Mayhem Biolis, testing boards and shooting photos. In the ocean, you never get the same wave twice. And the hardest part about surf photography is just lining up with the surfer. So this controlled environment makes a surf trip much more productive. That said, even pool waves aren't identical. The air section connects pretty much at the same spot every time, but each wave has slight variation. And you'll hear why in a few minutes from the head engineer of this wave. But before we do, let's provide some context for the Barefoot Ski Ranch, the location and how this all came to be. The technology is entirely different than the track and plow of the Wave Garden. This pool was built by American Wave Machines from San Diego, California, and it's a much, much smaller footprint. The pool itself is a half circle, and there's a concrete wall that creates that division that is a series of chambers that releases a sequencing of air that sends a pulse through the water, thus creating the wave. And again, a professional surfer, this time from Maui by way of San Diego, has relocated his life and family to help guide this project. Here's Shane Magnuson with the story of BSR Cable Park. The, the story starts actually back in Solana Beach at American Wave Machines um, when I saw the scale model back in, I believe it was 2013. Um, they showed me this little tabletop model and they're like, yeah, check it out, it makes waves. I'm like, oh, whatever. And then they're like, yeah, watch, they push a button in and then it made a wave. And I was like, whoa, made like a little point break. And they're like, yeah, and you, you can kind of like customize it and stuff. And I'm like, how? They're like, look at this screen. This is how you control the chambers, and this is how you manipulate it, and you can just sequence it out to spit out in different patterns. All right, I warned you. We were going to cut away at the good part. If you want to hear everything that Shane Magnuson has to say, as well as from the lead engineer of American Wave Machines, and then, of course, the segment on Surf Ranch, you need to find this episode in its entirety. Just search creators and innovators in your podcast app. And of course, I have everything on surfsplendorpodcast.com. All right, thanks.